Hey, it's Zach. Welcome back to the Space Time Podcast uh, by SpaceExplored.com. This week is a very special episode. We are interviewing Yako Karas from NASA JPL. That's NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab. And what Yako's work is, is uh, he works with a team that has developed what's called Ingenuity, which is a Mars helicopter. And on July 30th, United Launch Alliance, ULA, will send the Mars rover Perseverance and the very first Mars helicopter, Ingenuity, um, to space. And so it will leave Earth, arrive at Mars um, in February 2021. So it's a long journey. And these launch windows are only available every two years. So it's very special that they're able to meet kind of the, de- the demands of the moment and uh, and pull this off, even with um, sort of a global pandemic happening right now. Um, and, and, and what Yako shares with us is very great insight into sort of the origin of this, this project, um, what it will actually be like to work on it, not just, you know, so far, but while it's, 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 it's headed to Mars, the, the helicopter, um, it, it's a part of the Mars rover. So, uh, th- there's lots of work to be done even before we get to Mars with this helicopter. And, uh, it's really interesting insight into, into what the process is like, um, how someone, um, kind of follows a path of robotic engineering and, um, you know, and makes this possible. Uh, it was a really enjoyable conversation. And I'm joined by my new Space Explored colleague, uh, Seth Kurkowski. And so he's on the video as well for the podcast. Um, you'll hear him uh, in part of the episode as well. Um, I asked Seth to join because, frankly, speaking with someone like 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 Yako, I was really out of my depths in terms of um, confidence and talking about such a um, complex subject. Um, but but thankfully, Yako managed to, to break it down in terms that I can understand and hopefully everyone follows along with. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Space Time in Apple Podcast, Overcast, Spotify, or on YouTube. Really appreciate that. And um, next week is the actual launch for uh, Mars Perseverance, the rover, and Ingenuity, the Mars helicopter. And so I'll be in attendance at NASA and uh, Kennedy Space Center then, and we'll bring you um, even more interviews next week. So we've got a lot planned for next week. Um, so stay tuned, stay subscribed. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode with Yako Karas of NASA JPL. Hey, Zach. How are you today? Good, good. How are you? So, Yako, this is Seth Krakowski. He's my uh, new colleague, and um, he's got way more experience in space stuff than I do, so he's like my backup in terms of, you know, knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Nice to meet you, too, Seth. Good to meet you. Yep. Cool. Um, well, just just like, just like to start off, um, kind of how are you feeling, you know, in, in the less than a week before um, the launch? Uh, super excited. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, many years of work to, to get here. Um, you know, th- there's a little bit of anxiety. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Right. You know, launching, uh, you know, first of a kind, uh, spacecraft in, in into space will, uh, you know, be operating it pretty soon after launch. So a lot of firsts coming pretty, pretty quick here, but, but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a huge accomplishment for the team. We're really excited. Yeah, and just kind of as a primer, um, the team that you work on is the team behind Ingenuity, the Mars helicopter, which, as you say, is the first of its kind. It's the first time. It's, it's actually, I guess, a test flight, right? So that you can determine, is it possible to fly a helicopter on Mars to do different tasks? Um, one question I have before we, we kind of go more general is, 
Um, do you have a sense of like what the, what the, the chance of failure is? Because um, my understanding for a rover is that it's like tested to three times its mission duration. And so you, you kind of have that like 66%, um, you know, room for this, this to work. Um, for, for this, it kind of sounds like there's a possibility that it's just like, you know, might not work. <laughs> so um, do you have a sense of, of like the kind of percentage there or, um, you know, how confident are you in, in, in this happening? Yeah. Yeah. So you said it, you said, you said it, uh, well, it is, it is an experimental, uh, aircraft. Um, it's, it's considered a tech demo. So right. it is, you know, working to prove out a lot of uh, very new technology, obviously a very, um, unprecedented concept flying on Mars. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to, to put a percentage on on something like that. Uh, obviously, we have done a lot of testing. Uh, you know, past several years have been almost uh, continuous tests with with different flavors of the vehicle. Um, so you know, we, we're we're confident that that it's going to do what it's what it's supposed to do. Um, but you know, the thing with spaceflight is you you don't you don't really know until you do it. There are right. so many things about the environment. Uh, that yeah you know sure we have good models we've been to Mars before but um, we're just not gonna know for sure until we get there yeah uh, yeah the rover uh, not being a tech demo right the rover being a, a flagship mission has done uh, even more testing than we have so they have that um, uh, you know higher confidence higher margin on things and, and building on the the experience with curiosity, so it's kind of like curiosity yeah. plus in terms of experience. There's no um, kind of what came before ingenuity. It's this. This is the tech demo, right? This this is the first one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another question before we get more more general. Um, from my understanding, so this 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 you know the, the Mars 2020 launch, um, ideally you know kind of weather permitting and conditions permitting launches on July 30th, and it's like. February 18th or so 2021 when the landing is, is expected. So to go from earth to Mars, um, I, I know you said that, that the team's been working on ingenuity for years. This is a result of that. Um, what do you do in the month long process between like launch and landing? Is, is there, is there work to be done? Um, you know, how does that affect like your sleep at night for the next several months? There, there's always always work to be done. Um, so we we on the helicopter team we 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 definitely have a couple of phases to to this mission. Uh, we do have uh, operations that we do need to do during cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, the helicopter has a small battery in it that needs periodic uh, uh, charging okay. to keep it keep it in a healthy range. Uh, and so we'll be we'll be doing that uh, periodically. Uh, at the same time, looking at just overall system uh, performance, so electronics operating in the radiation environment, um, watching thermals, uh, making sure that things aren't getting too hot or too cold. Um, and parallel to, to that cruise op uh, phase, there's also still uh, a fair amount of you know parameter tuning and, and modeling and, and simulating, getting ready to, to actually arrive at the surface. Right. Um, because uh, when, we, when we do arrive, uh, I should say once, once the helicopter is deployed, we, we only get uh, about a month, uh, 30 souls to, to do our experiments. So we have to be 
we have to be ready to operate with with pretty high uh, tempo. Sure. Uh, yeah. Get it, get everything done. So I imagine that helps out with kind of the um, you know concern and worry about what could happen in, in several months because you're every day you're still on task related to it, and so that that work probably um, keeps your mind off of oh you know this is a long process before it arrives and hope it goes well. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly have our we'll we'll have our, uh, our our tasks to keep keep us busy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And 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 Yako, um backing up a little bit, can you kind of describe what, what you do, um, what NASA JPL is, your role at NASA JPL and, and on the helicopter team? Yeah, yeah. So NASA JPL, uh, NASA Jet Propulsion Lab, um, really specializes in the uh, 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 design of, of robotic spacecraft for, for NASA. That's uh, really JPL's uh, niche. Uh, so JPL, of course, is is, is known for the the Mars rovers, um, and uh, yeah, the you know the this 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 latest rover, Perseverance, is is really you know following in a you know great legacy of of that kind of work at JPL. Uh, so my role at JPL is I'm a robotics electrical engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I came onto the, the helicopter project from 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 that background, from a robotics background, which is is interesting because the the helicopter is uh, truly a very autonomous vehicle. Um, it it it's you know it's a helicopter, but the, you know helicopters on Mars isn't something that you can just joystick from Earth. The uh, right. time delay is way too long, uh, so it has to do a lot uh, autonomously, um, and that's that's sort of where I where I came in. Cool. Um, and and I, I know from your experience, you've worked on something called Puffer, which is an acronym. Um, Ingenuity is nice in that it's just a, a cool name for a, a Mars helicopter. Um, Puffer, that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, what does Puffer stand for and, and what's your experience with Puffer? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you looked that, that one up too. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I did uh, my, my graduate degree at uh, UC Berkeley uh, where I was working with uh, with a lab that that specialized in the um, uh, design of, of origami folding robots. So these are small small robots that um, you can manufacture relatively quickly uh, and, and inexpensively uh, in in large quantities. So so when I came to JPL, I, I brought that uh, uh, background with me and and sort of started looking for applications for that in. In, in the space exploration domain. Uh, and so what Puffer is, is it's an origami inspired, um, roughly, you know, size of your palm uh, rover concept. Uh, the idea being that you would pack something like, uh, you know, a dozen of these onto a larger mission in a little shoebox sized volume, uh, and then, uh, you know, eject them sort of like, you know, one off the top of a deck of cards uh, and, and have them uh, unfold, you know, become operational and, you know, cover that last hundred meters, uh, you know, from the parent spacecraft to, to some extreme terrain that's, you know, high science priority, high science value that you wouldn't necessarily want to send the primary spacecraft into for, for, uh, you know, either fundamental mobility reasons or, or risk reasons. That's awesome. Um, and, and I, and I guess it's just by the, you know, idea of having multiple versions of these smaller, um, palm sized rovers, then the opportunity, uh, or I guess the, the consequence of losing one is you've got multiple. And so it, it, it also, um, it lowers the risk of like, you know, 
messing up a mission and that if you lose like your primary spacecraft, like you mentioned, then it's kind of game over. But if you've got um, a high number of smaller rovers like this, then they're a little bit more expendable <laughs> in, in what they can do. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what, what uh, you know, I, I just, I'm so impressed with your work and, 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 and what the team is doing. Um, how do you go from, well, I don't know where you start from, but how do you get to where you are? What, what sort of motivates you, inspires you, pushes you in this direction um, to be so interested in robotics and to eventually, you know, be a part of the team that's sending a helicopter to Mars, basically? I think I've, I've always, from from very early age, just been very uh, interested in uh, creating things, building things, uh, learning how things work. Uh, it, you know, interestingly, one of my earliest memories of being exposed to space exploration uh, was reading about the Sojourner rover. Okay. Yeah. Uh, back when I must have been eight or nine years old. Um, you know, just sitting, you know, some spare time at summer camp and I picked up a magazine and there was this article about how, um, you know, humans had launched, landed and operated a, a small rover uh, on another planet, you know, literally millions of miles away. And that just, that just blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, now I, I think that you know, probably what, I think what, what piqued my interest there was more the robotics and the technology at the time than it, than it was space exploration. Sure. Um, and so from, from there I, you know, I went on to, eventually become, you know, very interested in computers and I started programming and um, did high school robotics through the first program uh, and, you know, went to college, study engineering and to grad school to study robotics. Uh, and so, uh, you know, up until that time, I was, was very much a robotics guy. Right. But towards the uh, last, you know, few years of, of grad school, this was right around the time that Curiosity uh, had landed. And, you know, we'd all follow that very closely. I, I decided that, wow, you know, JPL uh, is doing some, some really compelling, some really challenging things with robotics. That's where the action and is. As a roboticist, yeah. I'd, I'd like to, to work there. And so, you know, fortunately, I was able to make a, make a contact. And a few months later, I was, you know, sitting and working in uh, one of the buildings that had actually been very, very instrumental in the uh, design of the Sojourner rover. So it was an interesting, right. you know, wow. connection you know, cycle back to, to, you know, the things that I you know, first read about um, when I was eight or nine years old. That's awesome. When I was, uh, I think I was around 96, I was, I was five years old playing Pokemon and like, that was like, you know, what I was doing. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, so I, I love, I love that. I, you know, that, that, that connection to, you know, what's about to happen. That's really cool. Um, uh, Seth, do you have anything you want to ask about in the moment? Yeah. So you talked about Sojourner, right? And it being the tech demo for rovers on Mars, um, landing with Pathfinder. Uh, so and this is being the new tech demo, being landed on with a rover, now kind of the next step possibly in Martian exploration. What is kind of like the spirit opportunity do you th- like versions of a helicopter on Mars do you think we might see if this tech demo goes perfectly fine? Yeah, we we you know really hope that that this tech demo opens the door to larger rotorcraft on Mars. Uh, we hope that it unlocks what we we refer to as the aerial dimension of of that planet. So um, the you know the the fundamentals uh, show that it, it's absolutely possible to build an even larger uh, helicopter type vehicle. 
Um, so that would be one that hopefully carries an instrument uh, suite um, that can fly, uh, you know, higher, uh, faster, further, just cover more, more terrain. Um, and that the, the motivation there really is that, you know, a, an aerial vehicle carrying instruments uh, with the ability to do its own science can, can really get you to uh, new terrains that, that the rovers, uh, some, something that's, that's inherently operating on the ground uh, cannot access. So, so yeah, th- there's absolutely a, a, a hope for, for the uh, you know, Mer class of, of, uh, of helicopter, if you will, if it's successful. That's awesome. Um, I guess that's the size of the rover. Um, so it, it's, you know, same conceptually as, as Curiosity. So it's the size of, I guess, about a Mini Cooper or so, so a small car. Um, ingenuity is, is a portion of that. Um, what, how would you characterize the size of, of, the, of, of the helicopter itself? Yeah, uh, the the helicopter is is quite small. Uh, it has to be sure. um, to 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 pack into the rover. Uh, so it has a, a rotor diameter of about four feet. Okay, uh, which sounds you know sounds sounds large, um, but the the fuselage of the helicopter itself is actually only about the size of a baseball, maybe a you know a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So it has large, large uh, rotors, as you know, as you might expect for something that needs to generate uh, sufficient thrust in a one percent atmosphere. Uh, but but it is very very light. Uh, so fuselage the size of a baseball, total mass about four pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, what kind of technology is packed onto it? So, from my understanding, kind of there there are I guess you know five or so um, primary objectives for ingenuity. Um, the first is demonstrating flight, and if that goes well, then each each next step is 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 longer and longer, kind of more challenging than, than the one before it, because um, you don't want to like lose it on the first mission, the first objective. Um, what kind of technology is on board Ingenuity, and and what are those objectives that it has once it reaches Mars? It is it is certainly you know a, a feature packed or a technology packed little vehicle. Uh, the, the the interesting thing about it, sort of coming from an engineering standpoint, is that it it has to do a lot, right? It has to be both, you know, a, a viable independent spacecraft. It has to generate its own power, manage its own thermals, um, you know, know to wake up at the right times to communicate uh, with Earth you know, through the rover. Um, it has to be a helicopter, uh, right? It has to fly in the one percent atmosphere, and it also has to be an autonomous vehicle. So there's a lot. A, a lot of uh, requirements <laughs> crammed into into yeah. those four pounds. Um, so it, yeah, it, uh, technology wise, it's 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 really it's it's been all about keeping the mass down and miniaturizing sure. everything. So it's flying, interestingly enough, a lot of commercial parts. So not the traditional radiation hardened parts that you know you you might find on 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 most spacecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's flying a, a smartphone. Uh, grade uh, processor it's flying smartphone grade cameras um, you know, all, all of it just motivated by the fact that you know those parts in, in the last several years have really come down in right, right. in mass and volume while at the same time keeping performance at, at a very very high level so we take full advantage of of those developments and, and um, yeah a lot a lot of new technology packed in there a lot of, will be a lot of uh, firsts demonstrated once we get 
Yeah, I love I love that perspective because in 1996 was the journey. You were you, you couldn't do this, like you know, <laughs> you, you you couldn't send your iPhone to Mars and like have it you know basically record, which is kind of you know how you're describing what, what this helicopter is like with, with the consumer, um, you know, kind of facing parts. Um, it just wouldn't be possible. <laughs> so you know, yeah. fast yeah. forward to now, and it it's it's believed to be possible and we're, we're, we're about to find out we're on the cusp of finding out what all it can do um that's really cool and, and one of the you know part part of it is is the, the camera stuff so um it, it's got a goal of kind of observing um mars at a distance where the rover is on the surface the helicopter um delivered by the rover lowered by cables um and then launches on a, on its kind of program schedule or flies on its program schedule um it's kind of the first time we have an eye in the sky at that level. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's kind of observational and what it's, what it's working on too, right? Like kind of what are the goals of, of ingenuity once it arrives? Yeah. So the, you know, first and foremost, the, the goal for, for ingenuity is to demonstrate, you know, successful takeoff controlled flight and, and safe landing. Right. And, and really the initially it's, you know, it's, it's all about, about that. Um, I think you mentioned earlier, right? It's it, the plan is for it to to complete about five flights, right? Um, and and those you know those flights will be incrementally more and more ambitious. Um, so so yeah, really, it's you know the, the the goal for the vehicle is is to collect as much engineering data and telemetry as as it possibly can to uh, prove the viability of of this as as, as a means of exploring Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to to really seed the the you know future designs for larger rotorcraft, yeah. And hope you know hopefully we'll get as as you mentioned get some some awesome imagery um, right. along the way. Yeah, um, and, and and we call it um, you know a, a Mars helicopter, you know uh, rotorcraft. Um, the closest thing I can I can think of you know on a consumer level you know um, in terms of the product is like you know consumer drones or professional drones. Um, and those are you, you talk about what you can do. You can't control it from Earth by joysticks because of because of the the transfer um, and the distance. Um, but but how similar is it to what you'd see in a you know consumer drone these days, minus the the way that you control it? A lot of the the electronics and 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 software, at least at a conceptual level, is 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 pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the the dynamics of flying in in, in the one percent atmosphere are very very different so, sure yeah so there's a you know tremendous amount of work that went into characterizing those d- dynamics uh in the jpl uh, 25 foot uh vacuum chamber so 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 that that aspect of it is you know not not so similar that i think i would i would hesitate to to compare it too closely to to an earth-based drone sure uh, just because of the fact that this vehicle also, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, has to be uh, a spacecraft. So there's right there. There's so many of those space flight requirements that that you know work their way into really every aspect of the design. Um, you know, from maintaining a very tight power budget to keeping things you know warm uh, through the extreme uh, Martian environment, uh, surviving radiation. So it's. Uh, it does end up being a you know, quite quite a different type of vehicle. Yeah, and and you know something that excites me is that you know you're working on this now. 
you're about my age. We're, we're, we're kind of young. Um, <laughs> and and you, you think back to, uh, you know, 24 years ago or so and what was possible then, you know, fast forward uh, 30 years, you know, even 10 years from now, we hope to be um, much more capable of what we can do with Mars and what we can know about Mars. Um, you know, something that, that excites me about what you're doing is that there's, there's like sci-fi movies and there's entertainment, but then there's like what you can actually do. And in a lot of ways it can kind of go under the radar. Um, but it's like real life sci-fi. It's like science without the fiction. It, it, you're like proving it's, it's a proving ground of what, what you're doing. It's a test flight. Um, and so kind of, you know, the next step on this is to prove that it works. You know, you hope to replicate it in larger and larger forms and be more capable. Um, I imagine in 1996, you, you may not have been able to imagine this, but what do you imagine, you know, in 20 years from now, what could be capable if this goes well? That, yeah, that is a, <laughs> that is, that's a difficult question, right? Is, sure. You're absolutely right that, you know, the rate of the technological progress only, only increases, right? So, you know, extrapolating, you know, in, in the future, I, I imagine that there are you know, all sorts of things possible that, that we mm-hmm. can't, and imagine today, uh, you know, funny enough, uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, 1990, uh, you know, 90s, uh, yeah. no one would have, would have conceived of, of actually flying a helicopter on Mars. I actually heard about the Mars helicopter concept uh, the day I was interviewing at JPL. And, you know, even oh, wow. then I, cool. I, I, I couldn't quite, <laughs> you know, quite, quite comprehend that, that that was possible. So yeah, it's, it, it really goes to show that, yeah, as, as the technological building blocks come along and, and people really start um, trying to put them together, that, that you find these, these remarkable um, possibilities uh, like the Mars helicopter. Yeah. Um, one, one more thing on the team. Can you kind of describe, um, you know, how, how you work amongst yourselves? You know, what is, what is the teamwork like? Um, how many people work on this project? I think it's pretty small, but, you know, compared to some other projects maybe, but um, can you kind of give us some insight into, um, the people behind the Mars helicopter ingenuity. It is, it's certainly, it, it is a small team. Um, it's, it's a very, very passionate team, very, very motivated team. And, uh, you know, organizationally, I think it's, it's a little bit different from, from, from your larger spacecraft development teams and that each and every one of us really got to wear a lot of different hats, uh, play a lot of different roles. Um, just because, you know, it was a small team. There's a lot to get done. So everyone had to, had to, you know, chip in uh, different places. Um, and, you know, being a small team, I think that, you know, the, the rate of work was, was also, uh, it was, it was high, right. You know, we, we were very, very closely connected with, with one another. We meet, you know, several times a day, uh, you know, hash things out on whiteboards, uh, you know, address challenges as, as they came up right away. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a very intense, but very, very rewarding experience working with, with these folks. Awesome. Um, some, some easy questions, uh, before we head off, um, when I'm working, when I'm writing stories or doing research, I, I often listen to either podcast or music and it just changes what I can do in terms of like my focus. Um, when you're like working solo on your own, it, what is what is your kind of, how do you focus? You know, you drink coffee, do you listen to a certain kind of music or what does that look like for you? Certainly a lot of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I, I do. I do. I do like to listen to music as well. I, 
you know, some, sometimes I think I, I like to, you know, when, when you're really, really s- sort of stuck in, in a difficult problem, uh, and I find that it helps to, to sort of find, find inspiration and in, in thinking ahead, looking ahead to what this thing is going to become. So, you know, I, I've certainly, certainly looked, looked ahead to, you know, the, the, the upcoming month on Mars and right. you know, flying, flying for the first time, having that Wright brothers moment. Yeah. You know, as you call it, That's call awesome. it uh, imagination, right. Or uh, uh, daydreaming, but, but Indeed. yeah, that, finding that inspiration, I think is really, really, really important to motivate you to go for That's awesome. What, what will you be doing um, on, on Thursday, July 30th, when, uh, when this rocket takes off and begins the journey to send um, both, both perseverance and ingenuity to Mars? Well, I'll certainly, certainly be watching. Uh, it'll be very early here. Yeah. You're in Pasadena, right? So yep, in Pasadena. So very early in the morning here. Like four, um, f- 450 is the lunch time, I think for you. Sorry. Like four fifty AM is I think yeah. the launch time. Yeah. yeah. Very <laughs> early. But I'll be up, I'll be watching. Yeah. Um you know, at the same time we'll, we'll also uh we'll we'll be ready, you know, getting 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 ready for our first ops and cruise. Um still, you know, scheduling and, and, and planning to 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 get ready to turn on, turn the, the, the vehicle on for the first right. time a few days after launch. So Yeah. That's, that's such useful insight uh, in that you there there is so much work to be done between now and February um, before that you know kind of um, moment of truth of what's possible um, and and even you know watching the launch casually of like there goes a rocket launch and it's got some cool technology on it um, for you and your team it's like this this is the next step of the process you know and and there's months of more work to be done I, I love I love knowing that because before I I just thought you know I, I guess it's you know, now it's, now the work is done and you just send it and see what happens. But uh, it, it's good insight to know that there's, there's much more to be done before uh, then. And then um, come, you know, February, 2021, what, what is, what does it look like? You know, is it kind of all hands on deck or you're all together? Um, you know, how, how do you think you'll feel then? Um, and what does that kind of getting together look like? It, it will be all hands on deck for sure. It, that you know, the, as soon as the rover lands, um, it will begin uh, sort of its process of, of you know checking itself out, making sure yeah. that everything is functional. Um, but what we'll be doing is we'll actually be looking for our uh, our, our, our flight zone, uh, right? Because sure. the rover's going to have to drive somewhere that's that's a good candidate to, to, for us to fly in. So we'll be looking at um, uh, orbital imagery. We'll be looking at the rover imagery, um, literally counting rocks. Trying to you know assess their their size and yeah. looking at slopes, um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a, an intense intense process once we I, get there. I love that as much as it has to be autonomous to to achieve its goal on Mars, there has to be so much human input every second of the operation. I love that. Um, knowing that it's not just out there and we'll see what happens, but there's also so much human input that that determines what happens even then. That's awesome. Well, Yako Karis, thanks so much for talking to us today. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, thanks so much for 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 having me on your podcast. This is this is great. Absolutely. All right, take care. Thank you. All right, that is Space Time for the week. If you enjoyed this episode, please uh, subscribe to Space Time and Apple Podcast, Overcast, Spotify, or on YouTube. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode, give us a review or a rating. We really appreciate that. We're a brand new podcast and uh, really appreciate anyone who gives it a listen. Um, I'm I'm overjoyed at, at 
um, the people that we're able to talk to and the things that we're able to learn. And so if you are too, um, please, please give us a boost. We really appreciate that. Uh, with that being said, we will be back this week. Bye everybody.